0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, AXE Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 a.m. The fan uh, flying solo today. Nathan Marzian, a little bit under the weather. He'll be back again next week, and we will need Nathan Marzion, Bucs super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Healthy and ready to go as the Bucks open the playoffs coming up on Sunday afternoon. And uh, providing that Nathan Marzian is healthy, I believe, uh, we are planning on doing a live post-game uh, podcast coming up on Sunday following uh, Game 1 between uh, Milwaukee and whoever it may be, Chicago or Miami. We won't know that till Friday night as we record this on Thursday evening around 5 p.m. So we'll have to wait and see who the Bucks play. But either way, 5 0 will be packed. I'm sure the Deer District, I will have some people in it. The weather doesn't look great for Saturday and Sunday. So maybe that'll keep some people away. Uh, and we'll get more into the playoffs and predictions and so forth. But I, I want to start off first uh, with uh, a couple of articles uh, that are out, a couple of pieces done by Uh, Two really good journalists, Laurie Nickel, the first one, the second one, of course, Eric Name, who we've had on this podcast, a former intern of us here at 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee, and now uh, covers the Milwaukee Bucks for the athletic. Uh, Eric wrote a great piece on Mike Boonholzer, uh, and, you know, he's been, I don't want to say poking fun at, yeah, I'll say poking fun at Bud for always using the uh, use it or lose it timeout at around the three minute mark uh, of the basketball game, uh, three minutes to go in the game. Uh, and Bud always uses it. Well, Eric decided to go in-depth and do a whole piece in the Athletic it. So uh, I'll give you some snippets on that uh, coming up in just a little bit. But first, I want to start off with Laurie Nickel piece in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, talking about Giannis and how it came to be about him developing the, this foundation in honor of his father uh, and really focusing on mental health. In this piece, it talks about the fact of, you know, Giannis you know, being in the bubble and what that was all about in 2020 and everything that was going on and so forth. But he tells a story uh, inside this uh, piece with Laurie Nickel uh, about being down. I'm not going to read the quote exactly, but being down, uh, you know, in Florida, Walt Disney World area or whatever. And this mom, you know, asked the little kid uh, or whatever they may be, son, daughter, uh, if they knew who that was. And obviously it was Giannis. Uh, No, no, no idea. They just want to go see Mickey Mouse, Giannis said. Uh, and the mom was like, That's the best player in the world talking about Giannis. And Giannis talks about that being um pressure that he kind of has to live up to and deal with on a day-to-day basis. Years ago on the Wendy's big show with Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler, uh, and I don't remember who the co-host was when we did this topic. I don't remember if it was uh Maybe Tausch, if it was Rami or Josh Vernier, it was one of those three. I'm pretty sure when we did the topic, and it was uh, along the lines of, you know, you could be anybody you want, any famous person, you know, if, that you want to be. Who would it be? And I don't remember who everybody said, but I think Derek Jeter was one of the names um, that was brought up. Uh, you know, living living that single life, uh, all kinds of money, not tied down anywhere, yada yada yada. Uh, And I remember my my person that I said was Craig Council. Uh, And at that point, uh, Craig Council was um, uh, a member of the Milwaukee Brewers, I think, or just ended his career with the Milwaukee Brewers as a player somewhere in that time frame. And of course, had already had success with the Arizona Diamondbacks, had the World Series rings, uh, all of that fun stuff, uh, and had a really good career, obviously. But as I pointed out then, and I don't know if it's necessarily the same anymore, but back in the day, you know, I, I would go watch Whitefish Bay Dominican uh, play basketball. Uh, and you go watch a high school game and guess who's sitting in the stands? Craig counsel. Nobody bothering him. Just hanging out, uh, watching high school basketball with friends, family, whatever the case may be. And, and again, nobody bothering him. Just sitting there. And again, this is a guy that made millions of dollars in his career as a player. Uh, not, not to the point of Jeter or A-Rod or anything like that, but still made made a good amount of money but still was able to go out in his own hometown without being swarmed uh, and pestered all the time. Now, that may have changed now that he's a manager for the Milwaukee Brewers, but at that time, that's the life he could live. And if you take it a step further for Craig Council, Craig Council could have went out in Vegas to a casino, whatever, nobody's bothering Craig Council. Uh, Craig Council could go walk around Disney World which Giannis cannot do without being pestered by everybody. Uh, And I'm sure nobody would have bothered Craig Council. I bet you today, Craig Council could walk around Disney world and nobody would bother Craig Council, even though he is a manager of a professional baseball team. And I could probably say that about a majority of managers in baseball or uh, coaches in basketball. A lot of those guys that people don't know could walk around in big public places and not be bothered, walk the streets, go to a movie, go to the grocery store, and not be touched at all. But when you are at the level of fame and stardom as Giannis is, I said then, and I'll say, now, I would never want it. No chance. And again, right. I mean, if money is everything, well, Giannis is oozing with money, right? His kids are taking care of their kids are taking care of their kids are taken care of probably. Now, that's not what it's all about, necessarily, I don't think, with Giannis. But if if that's what it's about for you, then sure. But when you get to be that famous as Giannis, right, or LeBron, or KD, or Michael Jordan, whoever these famous NBA players are, or famous actors or actresses, or famous NFL quarterbacks, or something like along those lines, where you can't go anywhere without being bothered, and you essentially can't lead a normal life anymore. When it gets to that point, That's when I feel like the walls start closing in on these people. And that's when you really start talking about mental health, how you deal with it, how you adjust to life and so forth, because that life you were leading, you no longer can lead ever again. It's all done. And now you have to adjust to probably not going out as much, or if you go out, you're rolling with security or whatever the case may be. It's a completely different lifestyle. So when I read the quotes in the Lori Nickel piece in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel about that situation that happened uh, at Disney World with that mother who, yeah, again, she wasn't trying to put the weight of the world or pressure on Giannis by saying he's the greatest player in the world. That's her, obviously her opinion. And she meant it as a, as a compliment, nothing more than that. But when you're him, he, he kind of hits a little bit differently, right? Like I have to live up to that. You know, every time I go on the floor and, There is a lot to be said. Now, within this piece, there is conversation about um, signing that big mega deal and then talking about maybe wanting to walk away and not play basketball anymore and just be with his family and not continue on. When I read this piece a couple of days ago, um, I swore a couple of times like, holy, you gotta be kidding me, right? Are you kidding? Imagine how different life is. Uh, if he walks away and what this team looks like now and so forth if he walks away and says i'm done i'm retiring don't want to deal with it anymore right move back to greece or whatever the case may be done that was you know being selfish obviously as a bucks fan being selfish and saying oh my god the bucks would have been screwed you know i it's all done now again they would have had a championship already so it is what it is right but Uh, which would have been great. And you would have got to see, you know, one of the best players to ever play the game in Milwaukee, but you never want it to end earlier than it has to just like Detroit lions fans. I'm sure didn't want Barry Sanders to walk away when he did. They definitely didn't want Kelvin Johnson to walk away from him when he did. Um, And this is a different situation because this organization has been rather successful uh, with Giannis here the last several years. This isn't a losing organization. Like it was when Giannis got here, he himself helped to kind of turn this whole thing around and put the bucks on the map as, uh, you know, a title contender each and every year, and this year uh, on the map as probably the favorite to win the title, them in Boston. So it really hit home with me when you start to think of what this dude goes through. On the last podcast that we did, Nathan Marziano and myself, we talked about a Giannis uh, interview uh, in Bleacher Report. And in there, he talks about how important another MVP is, how he's not going to beg for another MVP, how he looks at life, uh, you know, from the viewpoint of a dad and how his kids are going to look back at history and look at him and so forth. And he's always thinking about that and how he acts and what he says and so forth. And I gave him high praise and I give him more high praise here because while mental health is a huge thing for him, that did not mean he had to go create a foundation uh, and really dig in on it. He could have taken care of his business, buried it, never talked publicly about it. Nobody ever would have known the difference because nobody inside the Bucks organization had leaked this to the media to this point. Nobody knew anything about it until now. Peter Fagan, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks, was on the Maggie and Perloff show on twelve fifty AM The Fan on Thursday afternoon earlier today, as I'm recording this, at about uh, what was it four twenty? I want to believe. You can go back in your Odyssey app, Maggie Perloff show, and you'll be able to uh, listen to that Peter Fagan interview. Very, very well done. Uh, Maggie was off. So it was Perloff and Zach Gelb uh, filling in. Uh, a great interview with Peter Fagan. And, and Peter Fagan, you know, just talks about the fact of how just normal of a dude Giannis really is and talks about his personality um, and everything about Giannis. And as you listen to that interview and as you read articles, like I always say, it's hard not just to smile and go, dude, that's our guy, man. He represents our city across his chest and represents not only Milwaukee but represents Wisconsin and and all of that and you wouldn't want anybody else and this is just another example of when we talk about you don't want athletes to be role models right Charles Barkley oh, I'm nobody's role model I shouldn't be a role model it should be your kids it should be your role model fine uh, uh, not your kids but your parents should be your role models or your grandparents or your aunts or uncles or teachers should be your role models Leroy's a big a proponent of the teachers being role models. And I'm fine with all of that. I have no issue with any of those situations or any of those people being called role models. But I'm sorry. I have absolutely no issue, none whatsoever, no hesitation. If some young kid says, you know, Yannis is my role model. I want to be like Giannis when I grow up. Because there's so many different layers to Giannis, uh, Besides being a basketball player that you've come to know over the course of time, uh, that I'm okay with it. Just like, for instance, if somebody said, I want to, my my kid wants to be like J.J. Watt. Okay. I I don't have anything negative on J.J. Watt one way or the other. I mean, off the field, all the stuff he did for the hurricane victims in Houston and all the different charity work he does and how he goes about his business and takes care of himself, A+. plus. Brothers the same. Like that whole Watt family, they got it all put together and and they do things right. So fine, I'm good with that. If you want to look at the professional athlete, have at it. So A-plus to Giannis. I'm glad he didn't quit, obviously. And I'm sure most of you are glad uh, he didn't quit either. Great piece by Lori Nickel, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, so if you haven't read it yet, go read it. If you don't have a subscription, get one. I, 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 again, I mean, it's super inexpensive right now. The Journal Sentinel get a, a streaming-only subscription. So go get a streaming-only subscription or get the paper subscription if you like. You know, some people like the, the feel of the newspaper in their hands, right? Uh, so I, I know some of you are like that. So, yeah, if you're still down for that, you can do that or just get the digital subscription. And again, Jim Oczarski does a great job covering the Bucks. Lori Nickel. Uh, so I would highly suggest it. All right. Uh, topic number two, the use it or lose it timeouts uh, and the great Mike Bootenholzer. And as I've said before, this has uh, been a thing with Eric Name, uh, who covers the Bucks for The Athletic, on social media for quite some time. Kind of poking fun, I guess, a, a little bit at, at Coach Bud as far as him using it uh, every single time. And there's always something that that goes into it. And it's interesting. It's a very long piece. I'm not going to sit here and read every single uh, piece of this. Uh, but there are a couple of cool things in here from Bootenholzer are talking about why he uses it. Bootenholzer Holzer said, quote, I would say the other thing is giving Giannis a break, giving the entire team a break. Lots of times that fourth quarter, just you just need to catch your breath again. We play, if we can play Giannis more in the fourth quarter and we have those timeouts, it's another way for us to kind of rest the whole group, but especially him down the stretch. Like for Giannis, when we need to get through a fourth quarter and he's got to play 10 or 12 minutes, I think that part of it is to save for those situations. Is Eric Name then writes this. In the end, it's clear that Boonholzer's prolific use of the use it or lose it timeout is far more about circumstance than functionality. Because if it was about the effectiveness of offense after a timeout, he would use timeouts more often in the final minutes uh, of games. Boonholzer, uh, a little bit later on, goes on to talk about why they don't use a lot of timeouts uh, in the last minute necessarily. Bootenholz are in the last minute of the game. Boonholzer believes it's better to trust his players, let them create something using a timeout or without using a timeout. Bootenholzer said, quote, there was a game very, very early in my career where the Spurs won a game, basically doing that, and it was powerful. Boonholzer said, while politely declining to say which game. Now, Eric Nane, again, great journalist, wouldn't let this go. Kept on him, kept on him, kept on. Him. Finally, he he released it and said, Avery Johnson, Detroit, 15 feet, right side baseline. Uh, Alamo Dome is what Boone Holzer said. And of course, Eric name being Eric name, went back and looked. It was a game from 1998, February of 1998. Uh, and uh, a steal uh, by Johnson that led to a game winning jumper uh, with four seconds remaining. And his reasoning makes sense. Quote, I just think you generate better shots, trusting your players against a somewhat less organized or somewhat random environment. I think playing against a defense that's not organized, not set, and maybe cannot substitute and trusting your players and letting them play and the shots you can generate in that environment, to me, I actually would argue are better than what happens lots of times if you give the opposing coaches, the opposing defenses, and everything a chance to get organized and set, end quote, uh, Giannis. Or uh, end quote, Mike Boonholzer I should say. And then Eric Name has video, um, as he always does, embedded with inside this piece. Like I said, it's a long piece. I, I-, I said on Twitter, it's a must read. If you're a big-time mega Bucks fan, you will absolutely love it because there's so much information and there's numbers as far as where the bucks rank and usually lose a timeout or the bucks rank using timeouts in the last minute of the game um different situations that have occurred uh in Bud's career with the bucks without the bucks there's just so much good stuff um and I, I don't want to spoil the whole piece so I, again go go subscribe to the athletic 2 while you're subscribing for the journal side I'll get an athletic subscription Eric name by himself is worth uh the price of admission uh, over there uh, at the athletic, as far as uh, covering Bucks basketball, now th- this is the thing: I haven't been overly nice uh, about Mike Budenholzer over the course of his time uh, as a head coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. After they won a championship, I said, "Okay, well, we all got to knock it off. Like, just give him a breather, give him a break, uh, and just pull back." He won a championship. Clearly, he made adjustments within series that year. Let's just give him a break. Then the bubble year uh, obviously happens in the Lakers and whatever that is. Uh, and then last year, Chris Middleton uh, is hurt uh, and you can't beat the Boston Celtics. Okay. I, I don't know how many times they win that series if it's a different coach, right? So if Eric Spolstra is the coach, do they win, the, do they win that series? If Greg Popovich is the coach, do they win that series? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. But I don't feel like that series was... 1000% on Mike Boonholzer as far as why they didn't win the series. Now, we can all talk about, well, Javon Carter should have played more than George Hill. Okay, fine. Maybe that was the case, but at the end of the day, would that really have won them the series? I don't know. I, I have my doubts they actually would have won that series had Boonholzer played Javon Carter more like most Bucks fans wanted at the end of the day. But as you read that piece in The Athletic about Mike Boonholzer, and his philosophy and why he does it. It makes sense. Like if if you're an opposing coach and you read that piece by Eric name, I would have to imagine you're doing the same thing. Right? I mean, unless, you know, you have no regard whatsoever for how tired your players are at the end of a game or at the end of a season or whatever the case may be. Now, again, one guy that comes to mind, obviously, is Thibodeau, uh, uh, the coach of the Knicks, who has been the coach of the Bulls, the T-Wolves. Uh, and he is one of those guys that is always criticized for running his players into the ground, for them not being fresh at the end of the season, uh, and for costing them postseason because their guys are so gassed. So I like what Boone does. It never bothered me before. I always laughed whenever Eric name would bring it up on Twitter. I was like, okay, whatever. It's cute. And he wants to use his timeout. Let him use his timeout. But then when you read the explanation and it's more than just the honest explanation for rest, there's more that goes into it. Like I said, I didn't want to give away the whole thing, but, but if you read it, you'll come away like, okay, like it makes sense. Like what he is saying makes sense. And how many times before have we had situations where he doesn't call timeout and he lets the Bucs run a play in the closing seconds of a game. And how many times on a Bucks post game show did people call up and scream and yell, why didn't he use his timeout when he had the chance to use his timeout? Makes sense to me. Right. And I think we all knew why you don't use your timeout not getting the defense, letting the defense get sent and so forth. And I think the counter to that is yeah, but wouldn't I rather have my offense knowing what the heck they're doing uh, and running a specific set play. And that's the other thing inside that piece that he talks about is this card uh, that he has on him that you see him looking at time to time, and a coach on the Buck staff that's in charge of uh, writing things on this card. Think of like uh, the the first twenty plays in an NFL game, right? How all these NFL coaches had it. Holmgren always had it. McCarthy always had it, right? And you, you're going to run these first twenty plays, and then after that, uh, we'll go off into wherever you know the game dictates for us to go. And, and in some teams run those first plays in that first quarter are really, really well. And then after that, maybe it gets a little sidetracked. Well, in this case with Boonholzer, and I don't know how many other NBA coaches have this. I'm sure probably quite a few, but he has a card that has all these different side out plays uh, that he can run in, you know, tight situations at the end of a half, at the end of a game, whatever the case may be and different packages, right? So if Giannis is off, those plays aren't on the card for that game. That card get, gets customized each and every game. And the card will get customized not only by who's playing and who's not playing as far as what plays they have on that card, but will also get customized based on the defenses that normally are run against this Milwaukee Bucks team when they play this opponent. So it's customized for a team that they're playing, and it's customized per players that are playing in the game. That is something, again, that you learn. And again, you know, it's way more in depth than that is if you go read the article at the athletic, but again, that's something else that you take away from this piece. And you're like, okay, makes sense. So he's essentially picking from a group of plays, uh, depending on situation and time and where the ball is, uh, and talking about how critical it is, where the player dribbles the ball up past half court when a player takes a timeout in a certain situation. That's also something that quite a few of you may or may not know one way or the other, uh, read the athletic article on that. Uh, As well. So lots of good stuff with that Eric name piece. And I think you come away from Boone Holzer going, okay, yeah, I I deserve to give him more credit than I give him. Cause I really think some of y'all think he's like, should wear a dunce cap when he coaches basketball games. Some of you are just relentless on Boone Holzer. Absolutely relentless. And while I get back in the day, while everybody was upset, including myself, because they couldn't get over the hump. Now he's shown he can coach in, in a big playoff series. He's shown that he can adjust in a playoff series uh, in win series. So to me, you know, same thing. Just got to kind of back off and trust that Boonehoser is going to make the right decision. Is he perfect? No. Is he going to make mistakes? Absolutely. But I think he's a lot better uh, than most people obviously give him credit for at the end of the day. Now, the third topic here uh, and uh, our last topic uh, was going to be a NBA predictions topic uh, with Nathan Marzian uh, and myself, but there is no Nathan Marzion here, obviously Uh, So because of that, I will uh, kind of go through here quickly and kind of give you my predictions uh, from my perspective. Now, I know when Marzian comes back and we record the next one, uh, we're going to already be into some series here, uh, and that's fine. Uh, Not a big deal. I don't care if he makes the prediction a game or two into the series. I guess it's not that big of a deal. Uh, Okay, so let's go through some of the games. Uh, Noon on Saturday, Brooklyn, the sixth seed, Philadelphia, the three seed. I love, 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 love this series. And the reason I love this series is because there's a lot of good young talent right now on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I, I don't think they have enough to beat Philadelphia necessarily. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Philadelphia wins that series. Maybe Philadelphia loses the game in that series, uh, but it should be a competitive series, I would imagine. Because again, you got a bunch of young guys that don't know any better. Uh, you know, on, on that team, they're going to go out there and play. A couple of those guys like Bridges and and Johnson, yeah, they were in Phoenix Uh, but Bridges was never the guy like he is now. Now he's the guy in a playoff series, and we'll see how much he can step up and play uh, in said series. And then, of course, there's the James Harden and Doc Rivers playoff choke artist situation in that series as well. Uh, Will that show up in the first series? I mean, Doc is the king of blowing huge leads in series and losing a series when they should have easily won the series and they can't get a closeout game. So that'll be something to monitor. The other game. Uh, Coming up on Saturday, the Atlanta, the seven seed as they get in through that play in uh, against Boston, the two seed. I don't see how Atlanta wins that series. I I, I really don't. And I, I think um, that Quinn Snyder is a great coach. uh, And I think he's done a hell of a job coming in behind Nate McMillan uh, and coaching this Hawks team. Uh, I think he's a better coach than Nate McMillan uh, probably at the end of the day. But I just don't know if they have enough pieces uh, to beat the Boston Celtics. Uh, in this series, do I hope they beat the Boston Celtics? Hell yes. I hope they beat the Boston Celtics. That would be amazing. Will I be rooting for the Atlanta Hawks? Absolutely. But again, in this series, it's going to be, you know, do the stars step up? You know, Jalen Brown and Tatum for the most part are going to go get their points. Can Deontay Murray and Trey Young do the same for the Atlanta Hawks? Can they provide that type of scoring to match what Boston brings? And that I think to me is a, is a big question mark. Another game on Saturday. The New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We talked about Thibodeau and his uh, teams being run down by the end of the year. Julius Randall is battling, trying to come back uh, and play in this series as well, and he's starting to practice. So I think he's probably going to give it a go in this series, uh, whether it be right away in Game One or at some point in the series. You'll see Julius Randall, but but it's hard for me to pick the New York Knicks when history says that it's probably not going to go that way. Uh, Cleveland again has a bunch of young guys that haven't really been in this situation. You rely on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, to kind of be the leader in this situation for the Cavaliers to kind of help get them over the hump uh, and get them to that that next level and and win that first round. They're the four seed, so they're supposed to win. They have home court. Uh, The Knicks are going to be physical. The Knicks are going to play defense. If I'm Cleveland, I'm trying to run them down, right? I'm trying to run them out of the gym. I'm trying to get them as tired as possible uh, to try and get this thing done. So we'll have to wait and see. I'll still take the Cavaliers uh, in that one. Another game. Uh, On Saturday, the Golden State Warriors uh, and the Sacramento Kings, the first time these two teams have matched up uh, in the playoffs, the Kings a three-seed, Golden State a six-seed. It's been maybe, I don't think it's ever happened uh, where these two teams have kind of been both good at the same point. Golden State started to put it together uh, towards the end of the season. Golden State was my pick before the season uh, to be in the finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not changing my prediction that Golden State's in the finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm still going to ride with Golden State, even though, I think the Phoenix Suns are probably the favorite. If I had to pick a favorite to go to the finals right now, it would be Phoenix. But I don't want to change my pick. Uh, I'm just going to stick with Golden State. If Phoenix beats them, that's fine. Phoenix should win this thing uh, uh, from the Western Conference with Durant and Booker. Uh, They they should have enough to get it done. But I'm going to go with Golden State in this series over Sacramento. Sacramento's lack of defense, uh, I think, obviously kills them. I think we all know that. Sacramento's been a hell of a story. I think Sacramento's back in the playoffs again next year and provides... Uh, a test again for whoever they end up playing. Uh, Then it's on come Sunday and it's the Lakers and Grizzlies. To me, this is going to be the funnest series. Uh, Dylan Brooks for the Memphis Grizzlies came out prior to that Laker game and said, I want the Lakers. Now the Lakers were down what 15 to Minnesota uh, before they rallied back uh, and beat the T Wolves. Uh, So Dylan Brooks gets his wish and he's going to get Anthony Davis, LeBron James and this Lakers team. And you have two former Bootenholzer assistants as head coaches and Taylor Jenkins and Darvin ham for the Grizzlies and the Lakers. So it's going to be fun to watch this series. If I had to pick one to root for, I'd probably root for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies as much as I can't stand the way that their team is being perceived or how they're perceiving themselves this year. Um, I can't root for LeBron. He's got a hundred titles. like enough is enough. Uh, so for me, I, I guess I'm rooting for the Grizzlies, but I think it's gonna be a hell of a series. And if the Lakers can come back and get it done, uh, and get to the next round. That's great. But the key for the Lakers, obviously, is going to be health. Right? Can LeBron and Anthony Davis stay healthy for an entire run? My guess would be no. That one of those two guys will be hurt at some point, miss a game or two, and probably cost them a series, uh, not be able to finish. Uh, the next game uh, is the Bucks. Uh, the four thirty tip at five serve form against the Bulls or the Heat. Regardless of who they play, the Milwaukee Bucks win this series. Um, I don't know if they even lose a game. I, I think they may win every single game uh, regardless of who they play Bulls or Heat uh, unless you know one of those two teams get incredibly hot from outside at you like 60% from three in a game or something then maybe the Bucks lose a game but outside of that I would expect the Bucks to get through the first round with relative ease and don't forget again uh, the plan right now uh, as we said is doing a live post game show uh, we will be doing it live from the Odyssey uh, sports YouTube page. We'll be doing it from the uh, 12, uh, 1250 Twitter account, my Twitter account at Sparky Radio. Uh, Nathan will probably have us in my space or in the Twitter spaces through his Twitter account. So if you're looking for someplace to talk Bucks basketball, we'll be there on Sunday. Uh, Clippers and Suns, uh, this one is fun. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm rooting for the Clippers in this one, mainly because the sooner Kevin Durant is out of the playoffs, the more comfortable I'll be with the Bucks winning a championship. Durant always will scare me no matter what because he's so, so very good. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard don't really scare me nearly as much uh, as KD does. Even though Kawhi knocked out the bus when he was with the Raptors and won a championship, I get it. I know my history, Uh, but I'd still rather deal with the the Clippers uh, than the Suns. Hoping the Suns are overlooking the Clippers a little bit, uh, and maybe the Clippers can shock the world. I got to make a pick. I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns. And then the Denver Nuggets, they get the winner of the other play-in game in the Western Conference. They're the last game on Sunday, 9.30 uh, tip for that one. And uh, again, uh, we start talking about that uh, other uh, play-in game. And I I still don't think, you know, even looking at how this whole thing uh, is going to play out, if it's Minnesota, say, uh, that wins and advances, or if it's, you know, Oklahoma City that wins and advances, I still think uh, at the end of the day uh, that the Denver Nuggets probably win. If I wanted to, if I had to pick one to root for, I'd root for OKC for sure. The young upstarts, I think they're the second youngest team in the NBA. So I'd love to see that. But I, I don't think Denver loses to either one of those teams uh, in the first round, in a first round matchup, regardless of uh, what team uh, they may face. And remember now, uh, you're going to get Rudy Gobert back. Uh, for that series who was suspended for their uh, last playing game and they choked it away against the Lakers. So we'll have to wait and see how that whole thing plays out. And the New Orleans Pelicans, right? I mean, got to kind of feel bad. Zion Williamson warming up before the game, dunking the basketball, doing all of this stuff, uh, says he doesn't feel like Zion, so he's not playing. Uh, David Griffin, the GM, president, whatever his title is over there for the Pelicans, tells the TV crew that, hey, man, physically he's not been cleared yet. He's not ready to go. You know, the doctors haven't cleared him. I don't know. I mean, I I guess you have to believe him that he's not been cleared, but if he hasn't been cleared, what's he doing dunking a basketball and and doing that whole workout? Right. Why, why is he out there doing that? But either way, Zion doesn't play Pelicans are done thunder advance. uh, And we'll see how that one plays out. I I think if you go through all the way to the end, if you had to make a prediction, I still say, you know, bucks and warriors, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it's the Suns uh, at the end of the day, we'll do predictions each round of playoffs as we get through here as the bucks advance. And, make our predictions. We'll get Mars predictions for the first round uh, coming up when we record next uh, on Saturday, because Saturday is a post game show. So we don't even have to wait to Tuesday to record with Nathan and get his predictions or Sunday. I should say Sunday after uh, the bucks played the bulls or the heat. All right. Enjoy the rest of your time. Don't forget Sunday after the bucks game, game one at Pfizer form 430 tip. We'll have our uh, post game show streaming in on 1250 AM. The fan from Twitter, from the Sparky radio account on Twitter, uh, as well as from the Odyssey sports YouTube page for the green and growing Uh, podcast there. We'll be streaming it there on YouTube as well. If you want to participate, feel free. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one, y'all. Toodles!